This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy signing day. Early signing period starts today, Wednesday, December 15th, and Illinois has signed 22 prospects, including a couple last-minute additions. It is one of the most uh, entertaining, eventful uh, last weeks of leading into the early signing period in my time covering. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Choir Publisher, alongside Joey Wagner. We're about 45 minutes away, or an hour and 45 minutes away, from talking with Brett Bielema uh, and uh, some of the staff, so we'll have some uh, more on the podcast later about that. But, Joey Wagner, 22 prospects signed in this class. Right now, currently, the class ranks 44th in the country, which would be the best, highest-ranked class for Illinois since 2011. Not bad for Brett Bielema's first class. Number 11 in the Big Ten. Uh, I will say number four, right smack in the middle of the Big Ten West is the bottom seven in the Big Ten is all Big Ten West. The top seven is all Big Ten East. Explains a little bit of why, why the Big Ten East has been dominant in championship games. Uh, but a real foundational class here for Illinois. Average star rating is the lowest in the Big Ten. Uh, but I do think this is what Brett Bielema did at Wisconsin, right? Most of his classes, 35 through 50 at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, when he went to the SEC in Arkansas, the classes were a little high, ranked a little higher. So there's no four-star headliner, right? They weren't able to get uh, Cody Jones at the end here, missed out on Austin Brown, uh, the downstate Johnson City safety earlier in the process. So you didn't get that, Joey. But I just see a lot of good football players that fit what Brett Bielma wants and address a lot of long-term needs. So I don't think this class changes the program day one, but I do think in two, three years, four years, we're going to look back at this class and say, that was a pretty good class. Yeah, in a lot of the same ways that when we walked out of Memorial Stadium after the Northwestern game, we looked back on Lovey's first class and said that was a really good first class that set the foundation for what you want. You got, we've got to understand where Illinois football is right now in terms of, Day one program changers, just not there yet, right? I mean, I don't think that's a knock. That's pretty clear that that's just not where this program is. And let's be honest, looking at what Brett Bielema has done, he's really prided himself on evaluating, developing, and being that developmental program that that continues to rise in the same way if you look around as Wisconsin, as Iowa, as Northwestern. That's really what Brett Bielema – that's what the Big Ten West is. I think that's why Brett Bielema knew he could come in here and in his mind, succeed. Now, I think you and I both agree that we like the direction, right, that, that he's going, but we can't say he's going to succeed right now because we just don't know. But that you see a lot of the bones about what he wants to do and the plan makes sense and the process to get these guys makes sense. It was efficient in a lot of ways, especially in that first, what I call the first wave of commitments. And then they really filled it out, and they won some pretty good battles. They won a battle today on Wednesday on signing day against Tennessee. They won a battle with Aiden Lawfrey. They've, they've done a good job of going in there evaluating or closing things down uh, in ways that we, we just hadn't seen in the past. And they got guys that 
you know, we could reasonably say, I don't know if there's if they sign with Illinois today with the old staff. So I think it's really encouraging, fundamental, first class. And there's I think that, Jeremy, there's a lot of high floors yeah. in this class. And if you want to compete and play football, you need high floors. Now, there's some guys that have really, really high ceilings and maybe lower floors. But I think this is a really good baseline you're going to get a lot of starters at some point out of this class, I think, and just I think you agree in the way that we look at this. Yeah, I mean, I think they address some real big needs. I mean, the offensive line, Brett Bielma got in trouble before the Penn State game for, for saying the last three classes they didn't have anybody in the two deep, but that was an honest statement. Uh, the last three offensive line classes for the University of Illinois, or especially the last two, uh, or the 19 class and the 20 class, there's nobody left. Uh, in in this program, really, from from those, I mean, Kurtz is still here, Poor is still here, but those guys aren't in the two deep right now. So uh, it was really important for them to add offensive linemen, and so far they've added six. And I say so far because they're going to try and add at least two more transfers, most likely. So you add six offensive linemen in this class, that really helps for the long term. Joey Oko, the first one, Hunter Whitenack, big, strong kid out of Indiana. Um, Matt Fries out of New Jersey. His brother was a real good player, starter at, at Penn State, and now he's with the Colts. Uh, Clayton Leonard from In State. Magnus Moeller, the uh, European from Denmark, but also Isaiah Adams, the Juco prospect who's, who uh, committed and signed. Uh, in the last couple of days, he can be the bookend right next to Julian Pearl. A lot of similarities of Adarian Lowe. Don't know if he'll be an all-Big Ten tackle, but he just has that that ability to play right away, which was so important, and they'll add more to that class. But uh, on defense, I think they got some really good prospects here, and Jared Beatty and, and Gabe Jockis, who, who they um, flipped here in the last couple of days. He signed today with Illinois. Uh, it was between Illinois and Tennessee at the end. He originally was a two-lane commitment. But 6'3", 245, just looks like a college sophomore already. And you had him and then Jared Beatty, who's really filled out in the last year, but the three-star Oswego prospect, uh, Oswego East, and uh, he's the highest-ranked prospect in this class. So you've added those versatile edge-rushing pass rushers that you really need in this defense. Uh, then I think they added a couple good in-state linebackers, Malachi Hood and James, and James Crutes. Elijah McCantos, a cornerback that I really like, uh, two safeties and T.J. Griffin and, and, and Tyson Rooks. And then they had a bunch of wideouts, Joey, uh, led by Sean Miller out of IMG Academy. Hank Beatty is very different as a slot receiver than what Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins add as kind of those vertical guys who can really stretch the field. And then running back, you just continue to load up there. You had a big back in Jordan Anderson. Then you had the flash, the lightning with Aiden Lawfrey out of GCMS, both in-state kids. Kids. You had two tight ends who are very different, and Owen Anderson, who's more of a dynamic receiver, uh, and then uh, Henry Boyer, who I really like, is, is kind of this big physical blocker. So you've you've addressed those needs and what you have. Then we'll see if they got the quarterback right. Right? It's going to take a while to see that with Donovan Leary, whether he's the right quarterback. But there's a lot of different pieces, a lot of different kind of pieces. We talked about that with Brad Underwood and his recruiting. I like how they went out and got many different pieces and filled a, a lot of holes. With guys, a lot of guys who had other Power Five offers, others that they evaluated that they think uh, can fit their scheme. But I think they stayed true to who they were. And I always thought the process uh, made sense with these guys. I thought they recruited the right way. It was a whole staff effort, and they found a way to to get pretty quality options at most of these positions. Yeah, the process I think is the biggest point here because you can see how this process. If Brett can get these on-field wins, you can see where this process would, would maybe play 
into getting some of those bigger, those headliners that we think this class maybe lacks a little bit. Uh, or quickly, let's look at the guys they didn't get, Austin Brown, Cody Jones, everything right in that recruitment, down to the T. Every single thing right. They were right there till the end, till the very, very, very end on those guys. They went to programs with more on-field success. In the case of Michigan, a crazy amount right now, right? That's going to play. I mean, I yeah, think Michigan goes 8-4 and four this year, right? I, I think they have a chance to land Cody Jones today. If uh, Illinois was recruiting Austin Brown now after seeing what Kirby Joseph and Sidney Brown did, I think they have a lot better chance of, of landing the next Austin Brown if there is one in downstate Illinois, which is not a guarantee. But, yeah, I agree with you. I thought they attacked those recruitments really well, and they were in those battles. They were in the final two for both of those guys, which – Illinois really wasn't in a lot of those in-state battles and even for a guy like Cody Jones who's committed to Michigan previously. Yeah, and again, I think you look at the bones of what we've kind of learned about how this staff operates, the, okay, zone in on a guy and then everybody else on staff, go, 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 and try to get him. And So you saw a lot of that, and I think that's the stuff that you're going to see built on in the next few years. But the process also is the other way, right? It's Joey Oakley doesn't have another Power 5 offer. Look, he's a top 1,000 kid in the state. He was going to get another Power 5 In the country, offer. yeah. In the country, I'm <laughs> saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was going to get another Power 5 offer. I mean, I, that is not foolish to think that. Illinois went in there. They identified him early. They locked him up by, by Valentine's Day. I mean, it was done. And you saw that again with Malachi Hood, with Jordan Anderson, with some of the, especially those eight early guys. Henry Boyer. Henry Boyer. It was, hey, this is, we, we, we believe what we see. This is what we're after. Let's get this done. And a little bit benefited them that kids couldn't go to other schools and work out and get to these camps. And, and obviously you don't want to root against a kid not being able to go do that because that's what is part of this blowing up process. But they, they went in there and quickly did that. And then in the summer, they really threw some haymakers and, and won some battles. And you, you just kind of see all the different ways this came together. And, and when you're talking about a program trying to set the foundation and rebuild, it so much is about the process. And, and usually that comes with like, okay, so it's not very good, but the process was good. I think this is both. I think you've got some really good players and the process was good. Two things can exist here in the same area, and I think you're seeing that. Yeah, you do a really good job with your superlatives. I just want to kind of dive into, like, some of my takes on this class a little bit later. So if you've got some of those, I'd love to hear those as well. It's hard not to talk about this class. Um, and, and, and to your point, by the way, yeah, evaluation, we'll find out in three or four years. Right, we'll find out. But early we did see the transfer first class for Brett Bielan. It didn't work out too well, right? didn't make as big of an impact as they had probably hoped. But you did see Josh McCrane, DJ Johnson, two guys they added late last year in the February period who made as big of an impact as really almost any freshman on the team. Obviously, McCray, but DJ Johnson played uh, and didn't redshirt, right? So they obviously feel pretty good about him. And I think Keontae Curry is a guy who can make an impact next year. So I think the early word is pretty good on their evaluation. We'll see from here. But even guys who know better than us, like Alan True, is high on Magnus Moeller. He's high on uh, you know Jordan Anderson, Hank Beatty, James Crutes. Like he can't understand why he doesn't have um, you know more offers than he has, and Illinois adds him late. But I was getting to. It's hard not to talk about this class with focusing on the in-state portion of this. Illinois signed ten in-state prospects today. That's the most since 2004. Um, Brett Bielema said it a year ago almost to the day, Joey, that we got to recruit our state better from Quincy to Rockford to Danville to – was it was it Quincy? Uh, or Cairo. No, Cairo, Cairo. Cairo to Rockford and Quincy to Danville. Um, 
And he did. And he got in early on guys. He won a couple power five battles for guys like Jared Beatty. Hank Beatty at an Iowa State offer. Aiden Offrey, which is one of the biggest wins in this class, uh, beating out Iowa for him. But I do think the pandemic almost played to their benefit here early, uh, which is I know it's weird to say, but like the fact that they nobody else could go see these guys um, last winter and last spring before Brett Bielma and his staff could, uh, I think Henry Boyer would have had more offers in, in any other year. I think Jordan Anderson would have had more offers in any other year. But they would get in on those guys and close that down quickly. And when they did want to take a chance on somebody – Right, whether it's Clayton Leonard or TJ Griffin or James Crutes, they took it on in-state kids. Right, they they said we're going to invest in you, and I don't think it was just because hey we want to take in-state players. They saw things in the players they liked, but they also know that there's probably a benefit of taking in-state players because they might care about it more, uh, they might stay there more lo- longer, right? Or hey, if it helps me get the next guy, and and you could see there was a domino effect once they got a couple in-state guys. You know, Jordan Anderson knows Ian Pugh, and Malachi Hood knows him too, and and they know Jared Beatty. I think it all played together there, Joey. Yeah, it did, and, and Hank Beatty, and and you know, Hank Beatty was part of that downstate with Clayton Leonard and trying to close the deal on on uh, Austin Brown. There was all of that plays in and the guys will tell you as much they know each other whether it's they see each other at camps or they're in the same conference or they hey maybe we played in the playoffs it's all there and it's all intertwined and and coaches talk to each other right I mean you can't have enough ears to the ground in high school football if you don't you don't find TJ Griffin and we have no idea what TJ Griffin's going to be in this class but he he's a big kid he looks apart right Ryan Walters signed off on him personally in person Guy's got some credibility right Guy's now. Guy's got a little bit. Of, if he likes his safety, far be it from us to say no at this point, right? I mean, same thing with Tyson Rooks, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so you see all of that, and those are ears to the ground in terms of T.J. Griffin. So those, those things matter, and just from a buzz standpoint, Brett Bielema is so good at understanding when to to hold off on something, when to push on something, when. When can he make the the, the fire that the like the, the small fire turn into a big one with, with yeah. buzz? And you saw that. And I think back. I know there was a basketball game going on, but for the state championship games, Jordan Anderson is running all over the whole planet. I mean, literally everybody. Mm-hmm. You know who saw that? Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the Illinois Twitter world was watching this kid, whether it was on TV or following along on social media. And it, all of a sudden, it's oh, that kid's going to Illinois. Or if you turn on a game in two years, didn't he, wasn't he the one? That matters. I mean, just in terms of the public perception of what you're trying to do, it's the same reason Lovey Smith got all of the good graces he did in 2017 because he went and he did a lot of the same things. Yeah. And that fell off. But I, I, you know, I think it's our belief that it's not going to fall off yes. this time around. But, but you see, it matters. It, it really does. And, and I know it can be a little bit of a, okay, yeah, whatever, get the best players. But, but there's so many different things that go into it, and Brett understands that. And, and he, he, it looks to us like he's going to be pretty relentless in making sure this keeps up. And, oh, by the way, there's some 2023 kids who are pretty good, and, and you're already going in on that. So I, it, it all matters, and it's a trickle-down effect. And it's easier for those guys to pick Illinois if they know people there. And then the next Someone step – made it cool. And then the next step is winning. 
right? Like that, that's the next step. That's why you don't get Austin Brown. That's why you don't get Cody Jones is you were five and seven. Well, Wisconsin, right, is, is uh, fighting at the top of the Big Ten West yet again. And Michigan uh, wins the Big Ten championship is playing in the, the college football playoffs. So that is the next step of getting the top kids. But you did get several top 20 kids in the state. The next step is, is getting some of those guys that are in the top 10. But there's no question. I think they've repaired most of those relationships in, say, in a year. And look what it took. It took a lot of effort, and it took uh, a lot of follow-through. And, and they did both of those things. And I think Illinois is now welcome, basically anywhere, most places in the state. Like, people are developing those relationships. The assistants are doing a good job. And that's important, just to be in the battles uh, for, for some of these top kids. And then to take the time to look into all these kids and to have a Pat Ryan on staff who hears from all these coaches, had, you know, former um, high, school, high school Hall of Fame coach right now at Meta, from Metamora. Like he's got so many contacts that reach out to him about, hey, you should check out this kid. And that, that's helped them this year. And Pat Ryan is so connected. It goes back. He knows when to push something to Bielema and they can go through and get some more buzz and something that, oh, hey, the Illinois coaches notice it. Coaching circles, and we've said this before, Jeremy, it's such a tight-knit group. It's really not as wide as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. You know, th- those things, Pat Ryan was a, a brilliant hire, and, you know, maybe he's not going to be the reason a five-star comes to Illinois, but you start looking at a lot of these floors that, that happen and, and these fundamental pieces, and right now we have to think this class is fundamental pieces. Pat Ryan's a big part of that, just in understanding the, the landscape and the – I guess the tone of the state and that helps invest resources time into something and it starts to bear fruit right and we're seeing that in state which is really really encouraging the other state they saw the most from is new jersey of all places andy boo did a really nice job in this class at donovan leary obviously the quarterback in this class we had owen anderson a tight end offensive lineman matt fries uh and, and then you're adding a kicker as well will mcmanus who's going to be a preferred walk-on so that's four guys from that class florida georgia aaron henry kind of continues to get into there um but those are kind of the the big states and the fact that you get in indiana you get into wisconsin and maybe these guys don't have big 10 offers but hunter whitenack had an offer from cincinnati which is playing the college football play playoff um you know joey okla i do believe would have had um power five offers if he would have gone through uh his normal recruiting process but you want to add something ian pew was committed to cincinnati yeah. i mean so i mean again it's it's a, i know it's a different story but like you this isn't where you just get a bunch we, we've seen illinois win some recruiting battles that in the past that goodness if they don't win you you've got to wonder what's going on and now you're seeing them really in the thick of some of these Power 5 Midwest recruiting battles, which Brad Bielema has been in a lot of in his 13 years as a head coach. They've been very active in Wisconsin, and I'm interested to see if Ben Miller gets going in Ohio, right? They've spent a lot of time in Ohio. Kevin Kane's got ties in, in Kansas City, and I, I wonder when Brett Bielema gets on the road and can start getting into St. Louis, especially with Corey Patterson, like how much they can get into there because I think it, it's worked against them that he just hasn't been able to get on the road there. I think that's an important city uh, that you want to get on the road and meet all those people. So, all right, Joey, um, th- that's the big picture of this class. Let's let's break this down a little bit. Um, what do you think – who do you think was the best get in this class for this staff? I'm going to go with, because of what we were talking about, in-state, beating Big Ten West teams. I think it's Aiden Lawfrey. I, th- I thought that was one of the most well-executed uh, recruitments here, not that others weren't, 
But the fact that you beat Iowa head-to-head with their self or running backs or safeties or wherever he'll play, but he'll play running back here at Illinois. Uh, I know he's from Gibson City, and you expect to land a Gibson City kid. That hasn't been the case. Like when Iowa comes in and given their record, so the fact that they wanted him, I know Iowa's beaten Illinois for a couple other guys in this class. The fact that Illinois was able to beat Iowa for Aiden Lawfrey, who has a great mix of both some power at 5'11, 185 pounds. He has been lifting in that GCMS weight program, which is like a small college program. And then he's just got track speed. 10-7 kind of track speed. Um, I, I thought that was a fantastic get. Not that it was the biggest position in need, but uh, you continue a, a good tradition of running backs when you can add somebody like Jordan Anderson and Aiden Offrey. Yeah, I think offensively it has to be Aiden, right? Because you stared down Kirk Ferentz and won. And not only did you beat Iowa, which maybe for some people it's not a big deal, but you beat Iowa for a running back. And Iowa does such an outstanding job uh, with running backs and running back development that you had to really pitch the heck out of that as a future, and both the future and what Brett's done in the past. You know, that, that was a huge one. I, I don't think people really appreciate how big that was to, to land him. And and I'm with, I, I think Jordan Anderson still. Like I, I just think that you didn't beat anybody really for him, right? You beat Max schools for him. You beat time. You beat yeah, time for I him agree. because I think if someone gets this kid on campus, he's faster than what he probably looks on film. He's not a burner. But he's faster than what he looks, and he's also bigger than what he looks. The dude is enormous. I mean, he's just massive. I think somehow this kid would have got to a camp or a campus, and they would have said, oh, shoot. Yeah, we can do something here. And you beat time. You didn't let that happen. I think that was that was a really, really big deal. And he doesn't get hit square. He's really good about just moving in just enough of a way that it – I mean, you got to hit this dude square. He's so yeah. big. I mean, goodness gracious. You, you, I mean, you probably need two people to hit him square. He's yeah. just so large in the high school level. But I, I think you get all of that and you get him somewhere and people probably open their eyes and, and Brett was steadfast in what he believed in and his coaching staff and said, let's go. So Iowa, you beat a Big Ten West. Jordan Anderson, you should beat time. And that is kind of this tale for a couple guys in this class, but you do it in state for a guy who got a lot of attention in state. That, that's a good one. He's just a unique weapon. Um, obviously a bruising back, but as you said, enough shiftiness to make somebody miss and not get hit that hard. Uh, obviously, it's going to be harder for him to run through people at this level, but he also got some athleticism and some hands as a pass catcher. We saw that in the state title game. You were up there, Joey, for that. And if the offense doesn't work out, he's a guy who could put an edge rusher potentially, and he's just a good football player, man. I can't have enough of those. And you talk about tough, smart, and dependable. Uh, he certainly is one of those. Best defensive get. Listen, you could go with either of the top 700 kids. And Elijah McCantos, who I think is exactly what Lovey Smith would want in a corner and exactly what Aaron Henry and Ryan Walters want in a corner. Jared Beatty, fantastic in-state get, who fits exactly what they want as, as an edge rusher. I'm going to go with today's get, Gabe Jockis. Uh, not the highest ranked. I think he's a little under-ranked uh, for us. But, man, meeting him in person, knowing his wrestling background, he's a state champion wrestler in Florida, uh, seeing his athleticism on film, his burst on film, I think this guy's got a really high ceiling. Like, I love Johnny Newton as a prospect. I don't know if I'm quite as, you know, like Johnny I thought was a top 500 prospect. I think Gabe Jockers should be a top 800 kind of guy. And to beat Tennessee at the end, he visits them late. You flip them from Tulane, but more importantly, you beat Tennessee, which is a storied SEC program. You beat them for a Florida kid. 
I thought that was a, a big get at a huge position of need. Yeah, the dude looks like an adult. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, we were walking down there, they had all the recruits on campus for Northwestern, and uh, I didn't realize who Big Magnus was, and then I'm like, damn, who, what do we got here? Is that, told me that's who it was, large human being. I thought Jockus was a transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just looks that large, and I think he's underranked. I, I don't really understand uh, where he's at. But I'll, I'll go, I had it in my superlatives, I'll go with Jared Beatty for all of those reasons, plus N-State, yeah. right? And and he had some offers for, from some other Power 5 programs. Michigan State was in there on Jared Beatty. Uh, Minnesota, Tennessee was in there. These, these were programs that were in, in for him. He's the highest-ranked player in this class for a reason. Uh, I just think that that was a pretty big flex early. It, it happened fairly early in, the, in those summer months from Brett. Because Jared Beatty's not a guy who's here in the last two or three recruiting cycles. It's just not. Uh, And and to be fair, some of that's probably with the defensive scheme and the difference, and and Beatty's a better fit for this defense than he would have been. But you went and you got a a good football player who's still pretty raw. He was a basketball player for a while. I I don't know if you've heard this before, Keith Randolph. I'm not saying he's that, but kind of timeline-wise, there's some similarities there. And and you – Really, that was a one of the first big recruiting, uh, you know, battles. I guess in state for an in state guy, and and you got him, and that that was a huge deal. I, I guess EMP came before him, but Fourth of July deal, and that was a big one for Brad. And and he's obviously really, really talented at a position that they had to address. They had to address the outside linebacker position. The two guys we mentioned really helps them long term do that. And we think there might be enough short term to let them come along at a pace that's comfortable for them. Maybe you get in the portal for one, but we really wondered a lot about this position long-term because it was made at this program a year ago. Yeah. And I, I like what it looks like down the road. Obviously, there's still work to do, but those two guys solidify it in a pretty good way. I think you and I both agree McCantos is probably the defender to watch if fans are looking for somebody who can play right away. Um, I don't think it's fair for a lot of true freshmen to expect them to play right away. But uh, McCantos, because of the position in need and the position he plays, right? Like, I think he can play corner uh, in, in the Big Ten at 180 pounds. Uh, to play defensive line at 245 pounds is really, really difficult, right? Or to play offensive line before you've had a year of strength and conditioning in a college program is really, really difficult. So I think McCantos is that guy offensively. I can see Jordan Anderson playing right away. I can see Aiden Lawfrey playing right away. But those guys aren't probably needed when you have Chase Brown, Josh McCray, even a Jakari Norwood, Reggie Love, right? So um, offensively, is there a guy to watch outside of Isaiah Adams, who's who's obviously uh, going to start right away? Probably Sean Miller, right, the wide receiver, because King Beatty, I think, could play right away as kind of a slot receiver, but Isaiah Williams is at that position. I think you need a, a reliable pass catcher, somebody who can get separation and get open. And coming from IMG Academy, given he's 6'1", 180, I think Sean Miller is kind of the guy who can step in and play or at least compete for a rotation role in a still weaker wide receiver room, but also enrolling early certainly helps. Him. Yeah, wide receiver, I think similar to what you mentioned about defensive back, is you can not have all the weight and strength and conditioning training in the Big Ten and find your way there. We've seen it. I mean, this isn't – New, we saw defensive back Devin Witherspoon. We saw Pat Bryan go out there and make a, a little bit of a role this year. Sean Miller, IMG Academy is basically Juco, right? I mean, kind of is. They just prepare guys really, really well out of there. Sean's a really good route runner. That helps. And to your point, 
He doesn't play the same position Isaiah Williams does. They both play wide receiver, but they play different wide wide receivers. And as you look at kind of those guys on the outside, that's still one of the bigger question marks I have offensively is who are your outside guys? I think you got a, a lot of slot guys. Who are your outside guys? Casey Washington, you assume to be one. Uh, we'll see what happens with Brian Hightower, Pat Bryan. But that's when you say we'll see what happens. That is span runs straight routes. Yeah, that that opens the door for for somebody like Sean Miller. And I say all of this, and I keep thinking we're we're still asleep a little bit on Hank Beatty. And, and when we like Hank a lot, and I I just as I keep talking, it's like this guy just always shows up, right? Like he's just always he's a football player, man. When he, when he committed, I said. I, I would probably gamble on that guy having 150 catches before he leaves. He reminds me a lot of Flynn Nagel, who played at Northwestern and was uh, out of Lamont, did a great job. I know the, everyone wants to make the comp to, to Mike Dudek. It's just hard to separate what Mike Dudek was as a vertical athlete. Uh, and then by the end, he was just completely jacked. Like, yeah. uh, Hank Beatty has a way to go there. But I understand you want to make that. But, like, yeah, I mean, Donnie Navarro with way more with more explosiveness, in my opinion. Like, I, I think Hank's a better athlete. Yeah, Hank was a track runner, too, and, and still is. So, I mean, that's – I just – it's one of those – I think Sean Miller makes the most sense to me offensively because of what they need. But, man, we're just going to look – we kind of slept on Josh McCray for a good reason, right? I mean, we, we thought he was really low on the death chart as a freshman. I just don't want to be caught thinking the same thing with Hank Beatty. The thing that gets in my way in, in that full line of thinking is Isaiah Williams, and you cannot have him on the field enough. But I – I, I like what they have short-term and long-term uh, in terms of impact at that wide receiver position. Some of the longer-term guys, Ian Pugh, uh, Ashton Hollins might take a little bit to get there, but Sean Miller and Hank Beatty could, could make a little bit of an impact early. And I wouldn't count out Jordan Anderson just to play yeah. some role. Maybe it's a H-back role. Maybe it's yeah. something different like that, but uh, just he's, he's ready to play um, Big Ten football. Can we imagine a scenario, quarterback sneak, it's Tommy DeVito, right? Jordan Anderson at that fullback spot that we saw Josh McCray line up with a few times, and then Josh McCray behind him, and the play is just run as fast as you can into Tommy DeVito and just knock run, him forward just, two yards. Just run wishbone, right? You could have uh, yeah, both those guys back there and, and Chase Brown in the backfield as well. Um, definitely possibilities. Okay, Joey, give me, your, give me your guy that like you think is going to be better than everyone else thinks. Mm. Do, do you have a guy? Because – I think I'm starting to buy into one in-stater. Like, I, I like James Kurtz. Uh, I haven't seen him in person, though, so I haven't been able to see that. I think Henry Boyer can be really good, I, I, especially for what Illinois wants to do offensively. I know, like, even Alan True and I talked about it earlier in the week. Like, he could be a left tackle. Like, like David Edwards, who was, a, I think, a high school quarterback, and then all of a sudden uh, switches to left tackle as, as he develops at Wisconsin. Henry Boyer has that length, that size. Matt Lacoste was a guy that some people thought could end up being um, a left tackle if he wanted to, but obviously was a very good tight end and made the NFL. Henry's not, like, the quickest guy, but I saw more – from him as a receiver in his film this year at Brother Rice than I had previously. That makes me think he can be a really good target. 6'6", 250 pounds. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, TJ Hawkinson out there, but he reminds me of Evan Wilson a little bit. Uh, former line, was a really good blocker, but also a great red zone threat for uh, Nathan Schuhaus when Schuhaus was here. Uh, and I think ben Boyer might even have a higher ceiling than that as a receiver. So he has soft hands. He's a really good blocker, long, athletic. So maybe eventually he goes in an offensive tackle. But I think for what they want in a tight end, we saw it this year with Luke Ford and Tip Ryman, I think he fits 
incredibly well. So Luke Ford's probably only here for another year. Like I can see Henry Boyer stepping into that role and in his second season alongside Tip Ryman. The head coach likes you at a tight end, and the head coach has developed some tight ends. I'm going to assume he's a tight end until otherwise, until told otherwise, or, or more importantly, until we show up to God willing an open spring ball or training camp and see him at tackle. Because I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's got a lot of those things that they like at tight end. My guy, I, I've had it on there. It was the first one. It was Joey Oakla. I just think that it factors matter when you're an offensive lineman. It, it does. We saw Doug Kramer had an it factor as an offensive lineman. Joey Oakla has it. And I think he's also got a high floor. Give me a high-floor offensive lineman who can lead people, who can be that voice. I think he's going to be a multi-year captain here. I just think yeah, he's odds-on favorite of this class to be a captain. I think there's a couple guys who can obviously be a Man, captain. Hood's another guy, I think, who, who could be in that captain role. T.J. Griffin to me, too. Yeah. He's got that kind of thing. So I, I, just, I like what Oakland's got. I think, to me, it really tells me something that Brett, Bielema, Bart Miller, they didn't wait around, man. They, they did not wait to see, like, yeah, do you think he'll blow up? Can we slow play this? They saw him. They identified him. He played at a really good big school power in Wisconsin. I, I just think, and I think he's got the versatility to play guard. He can play center. You put all of those things together, and he is just a guy who just strikes me as a multi-year starter on the offensive line. I'm not saying he's going to be all this or all that, but he's got a lot of those intangible things that matter at his position. He's, he's the guy, man. Okay. Let's do one more bold thing before we get out of here. Four years from now. Who's the one to get drafted the highest? I think we're going to have the same guy. Jacob. I think it's Big Magnus. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's got the highest ceiling. That's another way of saying this, right? 6'9", 300 pounds. He's physical. He moves well. And this isn't some kid who just has been playing sandlot football. <laughs> like, he's been playing football for six years. Like, longer than some of these guys, especially Tyson Rooks, who's only been playing ball for one year. Now, the competition level, it's going to be a stark difference, right? But, like, you put on the film, like, Alan True said, and, and this guy isn't, like, ridiculously raw. He's going to have to add strength. He's going to have to learn how to play differently and get the technique, just like all offensive linemen are. But, man, that ceiling is enticing. So I, I don't disagree with you. And, and knowing Brett Buma's offensive line history, you kind of bet on that, right? We do. Can we, uh, we we probably got to give a second person since we both, like, do we have an honorable mention here, Werner? I, huh. I, I might go with one of the edge rushers. Uh, I really like yeah. Beatty and Jockus. I think those are two of my favorite gets uh, in this class. And plus, they're just body types um, play really well at the NFL when you need versatile, versatile players. Uh, I think those guys play pretty well. Uh, and, and they have the athleticism. Um, you know, with the NFL, it's a lot of traits, right? Aiden Lawfrey's got traits like speed, size, physicality. He's got those traits. And then you always look at some some big offensive linemen, but you know Hunter Whitenack like Mueller's a little quicker than, than Hunter Whitenack, right? So that's why you might go with a guy like that. Like when I look at traits, I think those are some of the guys, and, and McCantos can be put in that category as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Is there? A, I know you said that's the last one. Yeah, sleeper. They, they, like it feels like there's two easy instators for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you pick one, I'll take the other. Yeah, I mean it, it's got to be. I'm gonna go with T.J. Griffin just because I think. When you send Ryan Walters somewhere and he comes back with a thumbs up as a safety, you got to believe him right now, right? And he did that with T.J. Griffin. T.J. Griffin, 6'2", a buck 90. He's going to play in that Sidney Brown, what we've seen out of Sidney Brown. I'll see if they change anything, but that's 
that's the position you're looking at this guy in. He's going to come in the box. He's going to pop you. He's going to be a little bit more, and you know he can do some coverage. I just think if maybe it's a story. Maybe it's the kid on an zero and nine. No one's come to a football game in six years. Where, where the heck is this place at? Story. But there's a lot of those pieces that, like, man, if you're Brett Bielema and this works, you turn that recruiting pitch to every single coach. Like, look who we found and what we did. All right, I got to go with the guy that, like, you knew he was going to end up at Illinois. You didn't know how it was going to happen. Is he going to is he going to walk on? Uh, it was blue shirt, gray shirt, whatever it is. Um, but he ends up getting a scholarship offer, at least announces it the final day. James Cruz. He's a freaking Cruz, okay? And we've already seen Josh Cruz at one point this year was the second team center when uh, Doug Kramer was out with a couple of injuries. And they weren't afraid to put him on the field. Um, and watching James Cruz play in high school, the kid's just physical, nasty, undersized, but makes up for it because he works his ass off, uh, is really strong for his size, and is just violent uh, on the field. Remind you anybody? Uh, you know, like there's not many Bears players Joey's feared in his life. I'm sure Olin Kreutz was a pain in the butt uh, for, for Packers fans for, for several years. And Josh brings the same thing on the field so far. we got to see how, it, how he does moving forward. But I think Josh is going to be pretty good. And you watch James, and maybe he's six foot, not six one, uh, but he's got long arms. He's, he's probably 205 pounds instead of 220. You know, Jimmy Rolder was – almost a perfect specimen at linebacker. He's bigger, maybe a little bit faster than, than James Crutes, but I, I think James Crutes is a, is a darn good linebacker. And, and a guy that I think is going to fill out and get stronger at this level, and I'm just going to bet on his kind of – I mean, the pedigree is obviously there, but it's not all about his dad. It's about how this kid plays. And you put on the film, he does play fast for his size. And I just think he's the kind of guy that – I don't know if he's an NFL player, but he's the kind of guy that I want in my program. Right, and that over four years can be helpful, productive for me. I think he could play special teams early in his career, just like Malachi Hood, and then eventually would not shock me if those two are your starting linebackers in two years. Yeah, those are two. Uh, we think about James and the way that he'll develop. Pretty good sized linebackers, guys. Malachi Hood is enormous too. Like this, I know we've said that about a couple guys, but I talked to somebody when Malachi visited, and they said, "Have you seen him?" I said, "No, not yet." And they said, "He's built like a tank." Mm-hmm. That it really pretty much checks out. I mean, he's a he's a good looking athlete. Um, if we don't get, I, I don't know if the Crutes boys will room together. I would love to see the competitiveness between the two, but I need one video of those two just talking all the trash to each other, whether it's on the practice field, whether it's in the Smith Center. I got to see that because I think that's going to happen, and you're going to see a lot of battles uh, uh, with those two in the in that way. But yeah, I, it always felt like it was going to happen. And then it was just quiet, 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 quiet. And then he got an offer and like a second and a half later committed. And then he was signed by the morning. It's a good one. It's, hey, get into Loyola, man. Get in there. They're going to have dudes from now until the end of time. Get in there. And they, both staff, we got to give credit to Lovey and his staff for going and getting Josh last year as well. That, that's, a good, that's a good pickup for them. Yeah, I'll take Kurtz on my football team any day of the week. All right, uh, obviously the transfer market's where they're going to be busy. I, I don't think Illinois is really going to be looking at any more preps. I mean, you got 21 of them 
uh, in this class. I think you've set your foundation for the future. Now it's about helping the short term. Adding to Isaiah Adams, the offensive lineman, the Juco kid, I think is going to start right away. Uh, Tommy DeVito, quarterback from Syracuse, uh, Northwestern defensive lineman, Tara Edwards, who's got four years of eligibility, can really increase the competition in depth at nose guard, in my opinion. Um, so now you got to add more. Offensive line, need two spots there. Uh, defensive back, with Kirby Joseph in the NFL draft and likely to stay there, you know, corners already need, maybe they add a safety. I think you can always upgrade wide receiver if you can get a good one. I think you need to add a good one. You're not looking to just add a body there. You want to add a good one. So we'll see if they can find that. Uh, and then tight end. I, I think they'd love a dynamic presence at tight end. Don't know if edge rusher, like if you can get a big upgrade, you go for it. Otherwise, I do think you have some depth pieces Alec there. Bryant. Alec Bryant's already coming in. Seth Coleman, Ezekiel Holmes. Like, obviously, losing Gang Carney, that's a big shoes to fill. But uh, And then inside the linebacker, yeah, depth you're concerned about with Kalon Tolson entering the draft, who looked like the third linebacker there. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be one of the top needs. Tight end, you could really use somebody dynamic to replace Daniel Barker. Inside linebacker feels like a this probably should wow us type person, right? Like, I, I think you don't just take one to do it. I think you take one if you think he's Calvin Hart. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that maybe I'm off base, but that, that makes sense to me with the way that this is we're getting into the numbers portion of the offseason here and you got to make it work and if you can get where Dave Dorn doesn't want to lose a guy not specifically Mincy State but you trust who you trust and if you can get a big splash there but all those positions the yeah, offensive line screams number 1 and for a lot of reasons and one being Tommy DeVito's better at the good offensive line like every other quarterback and if you want to run the ball the way you want to it's got to be there so it's a huge day it was a super busy day we had the Cody Jones uh, excitement. I mean, Illinois fought with that till the end. He, he stayed with Michigan. It's not even done, man. There, there's so much left out there in the portal and, and how they're going to build this roster. And Brett Bielema, he's not skipping a step, but he and the coaching staff don't want to wait around for wins either. They're going to go out there and they're going to try to put this roster together in a way that Five and seven was a good start, but I don't think they have a lot of interest in going to two and ten next year. Yeah, Lovey ended up getting five years out of the 2017, or Illinois ended up getting five years out of the 2017 class because of the COVID year. They don't want to waste a year uh, on these guys just throwing them the wolves as true freshmen, right? They want to continue, not take a step back, compete in the Big Ten yet again next year, despite losing all these key pieces and stalwarts on your team, um, so that you can develop these guys, you can develop depth and have these guys for four or five years on top of it and not take a huge step back and have a 1-11 season or a 2-10 season that can really uh, just kill your momentum and, and kill your recruiting cell. Um, so if you can compete next year, add the pieces to be able to do that, that's the next step uh, in this offseason. All right, we got uh, Brett Bielma's press conference coming up. He's going to do a film breakdown with us of all these guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to chat with the assistant coaches as well as uh, Pat Embleton, the executive director of uh, personnel and recruiting. So we'll have much more at Illini Inquirer. Thank you guys for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.